Welcome to the Real World Podcast. Real World is a film festival and screen institute dedicated to the advancement of Canadian BIPOC screen-based talent. Listen to the Real World Podcast to learn more about ScreenCraft, find out about career opportunities, and hear tips about navigating the Canadian screen industry as a BIPOC professional. Today's episode features a panel from the 2018 Real World Film Festival entitled The Leap. In this episode, filmmakers discuss taking the leap from shorts to first features, shorts to directing TV, and from directing Canadian to American TV. Hello, everyone. Thank you so much for coming. I'd also like to thank uh, the volunteers and the rest of the staff and programming team for helping us. So we're going to get kick-started with the DGC panel, which I entitled The Leap. It's something I put together because it's really about professional development. And um, first and foremost, I would be remiss if I didn't speak briefly about who are the panelists to my left. This is actually my A-team. It's very rare when you put out an email and you reach out to your friends and you say, hey, can you be on something? And they're like, no, I'm too busy. But these guys all were available. I can't believe it. I'm so excited. So um, to my immediate left, of course, I have Charles Officer, writer-director, Hot Docs feature film winner 2017. Um, I want you to just briefly, as I say your names, tell us one thing that is not on IMDb. Go. Yes, on the spot. That's <laughs> That's too bad. Is it on? Oh. Turn it on. Um, like my mother's name? Whatever you want. Okay, great. And uh, to his left, we have Joyce Wong. 2016 TIFF Talent Lab, ta- Talent Campus. One thing, not on INDB. Go. Uh, I forgot to water my plants this morning. Ooh. Some people might call that murdering, you know. Um, and to her left, we have Corey Bowles, nominee Best Canadian Feature 2017 TIFF. One thing, not on IMDb. Go. I got my bike stolen last month. Boo. Come on, Toronto. Toronto. Right of passage. Brutal. And then to his left, we have, last but not certainly least, Sharon Lee, 2018 Hollywood Reporters, 15 Canadian Rising Stars. Yes, I put it in there. One thing, not on IMDb. Go. I'm a middle child. Oh, okay. Thank you for that. That's a nice icebreaker. So, yes, it's relevant. Um, so the purpose of this panel, obviously, is to talk about professional development. As you, I'm sure, read a little bit in the programming guide, it is about how you take the leap from one stage to the next in your career. And all of these guys have made the leaps. They're all at different levels, which is why I wanted a cross-section you know, section of people who have done that journey so that they can each kind of speak to that. So what I've actually done is I've given them two questions ahead of time to answer. I wanted to move us along. The third question I'm going to ask live, so they'll have to think about that on the spot. See how well they did with the one IMDb thing? (laughs) I don't know how that's going to go with the third question, but I just wanted to prep that now, manage expectations. So the question, the first question (laughs) is, when you wanted to break through to the next level, what part of the craft did you focus on? Joyce Wong, you said, the humbling, you can't take it back now. 
The humbling thing about filmmaking is how complex the craft is. The more you think you understand or master something, the more you realize you're just at the tip of the iceberg. One important thing to work on is being articulate and precise when communicating your creative direction. The more everyone on your team, whether it is your actors, your producer, your art director, your cinematographer can understand the vision, the more everyone can work cohesively together to create something wonderful. So Joyce. I wish I wrote that. No, no, we, we're going to get to what you said. We Don't worry. We all work together. So to just talk a little bit about that, Joyce, um, you know, it sounds like for you, um, one of the things that you really wanted to work on was just communication and a sense of, of bringing everybody together as a leader. So if you wanted to kind of expand a little bit on that. Yeah, I think um, moving from shorts to features, just the scale of the crew gets bigger. And so you really have to be able to parcel out some of that creative um, responsibility to your keys so they can tell the people that they're working with how to um, support the the ideas of the script moving forward. And so the best way to help them with that is for you to be as precise as possible with your language. Um, and so, so th they can use either the words directly or, um, or those ideas with the, the people they work with as well. Thank you. And Again, the question was, when you wanted to break through to the next level, what part of the craft did you focus on? Corey Bowles, you said, I had to focus on all of it. <laughs> that sounds broad, but I mean, when you work in simultaneous disciplines, because he is also an actor as well as a writer and a director, the moment you get farther in one, the other somehow comes back into more prominence. In a way, it's like changing the measurements on a recipe. I like this. Too much of one ingredient can spoil the other, or less of something can really throw off the flavor. So it's like bit by bit, serving by serving. You need to adapt and adjust. There's more, but I want you to expand on it in front of us. Oh, gosh. Um, Come on, you guys. <laughs> you wrote this down already. I know, I know. I guess, uh, I guess it's like... So I, I work as a multidisciplinary artist, so I think, um, and, and I think all things lead back to, to creating or directing or, or some type of facilitation. Um, and I think that every time, like any time I, I work on something, there's, any time you do anything, there's a whole world of something you don't know about that just comes flying right back at you. So I think it, it was, it's, I think it was important for me to, you know, if I was, if I was working as a writer, I needed to up my game as a writer if I was going to work professionally, and then that would have to apply to anything of my own writing in the feature, or if I was directing, I needed to to train more. So there's always like any time I'm going to do something, I I try to train as much as possible or learn as much as possible all the time or I feel somewhat inadequate doing something or in a weird way um, I, it, it, I I feel that it it's not even I owe it to everyone I work with to be prepared better and prepared. Right. Yeah, so, so. Pre preparation is important for you. Yeah. Um, 
And, oh, we've got someone taking photos on the panel. That's amazing. That's amazing. We'll get to you, sir, in just a moment. Um, and, of course, just one second here. Sharon Lee, your answer to when you wanted to break through to the next level, what part of the craft did you focus on? I loved your answer. This is very tricky to answer. First, I'm not sure how to define next level. But yes, transitioning to TV. Sharon did something that is very rare. She went from shorts to television without even doing a feature film, which is incredibly challenging to do, to navigate, to make that kind of a leap. So I was dying to hear what you had to say. Um, I think for me, it really was about focusing back on really being prepared. Again, preparation, knowing the script inside out, having a plan, all that allows you to be more flexible and nimble when things don't go according to plan because there are always unforeseen circumstances on set. Did you want to expand on that? Um, yeah, I think, I think it is a difficult question to answer because so much... There's so much that gets thrown at you as a director. You know, there's your craft. There's, you know, knowing what you want. There's communication. There's just, you know, everything. And you kind of have to take it all and be ready. And so as much as you can just be on steady ground as, for as long as possible is always what I focus on. Because there's always going to be things that come out of nowhere. and and screw with your plan, but you know, I always think it's like dance, you know, you have to, you have to learn your foundations and your core and know your postures, and then you can improv on stage. So it sounds like finding your center and then being adaptable is important for you. Okay. Mr. Photographer on stage. Um, Charles Officer. You're the best, you had one sentence. The gentleman with the most amount of experience, who's now gone from shorts to feature, feature to TV, Canadian TV, and from Canadian TV to US TV. I, yes, that is, deserves a clap, but that's OK. Yeah. I think so. I think so. I focused on visual storytelling and understanding how to work with actors who vary in their approach to the work. Simple, concise, but you will expand now. You got to turn it on. I agree that it's it is a tricky question to answer because you know next level is is always I don't know you're you're constantly growing in this medium. So um, what I found is that over time is was important no matter what project I've been working on is is uh, really visualizing the storytelling like visualizing constantly what it is. Um, it helps with the communication. It helps when you actually um, run into problems. And uh, we work in a visual medium, so it's, um, it's very important for me to be able to uh, keep developing the, the visual language that I'm working with. Um, I feel like, you know, in sets with crews and with individuals, you know, um, the few things that you can hold on to is is your is your when everything's failing or whatever um, is your visual sort of approach to things, um, and 
that also stems into your actors um, or the people that you're that that are appearing in the work. I think if you know you're not getting along with your DP, or if you're not getting with your sound department, if you're not getting along with certain folks who they're the most critical in terms of uh, conveying the story. So I really feel like um, you know the work you do with the actors, your communication with them, and 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 how each actor or human being is, is very different and they have different needs, so it's, uh, it's, it's in service of them. Yeah. So it sounds like for you, amongst just the visual craft of it, but supporting all the departments and supporting all of your um, teammates, if you will, is critical to, to your advancement and how you relate to the people that you work with. Um, so for this next round, the second question, I'm just going to read out what they've said, and then I'm going to skip to the third one so that they can answer that live. So I'm going to give you some time to think about it. Okay. So the second question is when you got to the next level, what part of it made you realize you weren't prepared for that? Corey Bowles, you said... I would almost say it's not that I wasn't prepared. It's that there's always new information or something that you don't expect. In any situation, you don't have all the answers. We learn from experience and others and other people's experiences, rules, lists, formats, routines. But no matter how many times you're told to turn a key to the right, the moment the key gets stuck in the hole, a whole new set of problems show up. You just have to experiment and be calm, in which case being unprepared is panic and not being able to think through. I just always expect that nothing runs smooth. If it doesn't, then as soon as they get stuck in the hole, then there's a whole new set of potential obstacles. I realized early on to expect that. Again, adaptability, but center. Now. You're actually never ready. You're never right? Never ready. Never ready. <laughs> never I'm ready. <laughs> but I'm not really doing anything right now. I know, I hear Again. When you got to the next level, part of it made you realize you weren't prepared for that. Sharon Lee, you said, the hardest part is always the first few days when you're getting to know the crew and the cast. As a director, you have to work with everyone, and sometimes there are tricky personalities to navigate, and that's very difficult to prepare for. It can be really fun and exciting part of the process. Sometimes it can be very stressful and taxing. Relationships, relationships, relationships. It is definitely about getting along with the people on set. And it's amazing how uh, those of us who've, who've worked on set in various capacities, you're suddenly thrust into a mix where you have to work with someone you don't know for 14 hours in a day. Hmm. And suddenly you all have to get along and have shared values and shared interests, just like that. Um, so that's a really, you know, you have to sort of be kind of a personally, you know, your personality has to have some gymnastics to it, you know, in order to be able to navigate that. Joyce Wong, you said, the most challenging element of moving from shorts to the feature format was the structure and pacing, which you alluded to earlier. A story that is told in 10 minutes is really different than one that is told in 90. It's not just nine short films strung together to make a longer story. The feature format is a whole different beast. You have more time to establish the characters, but you still have to move the narrative along. 
the appearance of the bees story, the midpoint, the break into th act three, et cetera, even though I learned about them on paper and saw them in other films, I don't think I truly understood how these beats were supposed to feel until I was in the editing room and working with the footage. So again, the tactile nature of doing the work. Um, and I think you know you all sort of mentioned that a little bit in various ways, that it really is about the work, and it speaks to the preparation and the respect of doing the work itself. I think we all sort of see something finished, and we go, oh, yeah, this can be easy. All I have to do is just you know, create a story, and that's it. But as you can tell, you're, you're also a manager. You also have the responsibility of managing people, managing budget, managing time, and yes, managing the creative. Of course, last but not least, but I loved your answer and I wanted to say that for the end before we jump into the third question. Again, the second question was, when you got to the next level, what part of it made you realize you weren't prepared for that? Charles Officer, you said, I knew it would be tough getting any film made and it would take serious determination every time but I was not prepared for the complacent attitudes with respect to diversifying the stories we tell in Canada. I was not prepared for the pile of questions, discussions about market and audience demands, the amount of convincing it would take for individuals to see the value in empowering creators who were committed to telling stories that reflect our untold history and broader cultural communities. That is very, very important. Because lost in all of this, it is about the stories we tell. Yes, I'm going to quote Sarah Polly, but the point is, it is. I mean, we have a diverse group in here, we have a diverse group up here. And we just wanna keep striving that we make sure that those uh, stories are on screen. And it, it, it takes the decision makers to do that as well. It's really important. So. I've given you guys enough time to sort of think about what could the third question be. And in that, Charles, I still want you to... Final Jeopardy. You cannot call out. There are no lifelines. Um, and then we're going to open it up to questions after that. That's favorite food. You guys are stalling. You see that? You see what's happening here? Where's the preparation? Um, and Charles, feel free to expand on that as we, as we continue on what you just talked about. So... Now that you're at the next level, that you've been inspiring to get to, at least this one, what part of the craft does the business really value? I'll ask that again. Now that you're at the next level, what part of the craft does the business really value? Who is going to be courageous to go first? I'll go on the limb. <clears throat> okay. Okay, so there's craft that goes into the work. And then there, so part of that question was like, what is the. What part of the craft does yes. the business really value? Okay, so my, my issue with the question is there's craft in the word business. <laughs> I, I honestly. I knew you were going to do that. Yeah, um, because I believe that the demands of what business is asking for. It relies on, I don't know how much, okay, business folk, I believe, are always happy when there's a success, <laughs> right? So that is, but to get to a successful place with a project, craft has to be excellent, I think. 
So what I think the business appreciates for the craft is when your craft is successful. <laughs> Um, I, I don't know if, I, I mean, breaking it down in terms of like, you know, I'm not saying that folks out there don't appreciate a beautifully crafted film that are working the business side, but ultimately the business side is trying to sell the material. They've invested money in the project. They want to be successful so that they can actually, you know, uh, whether it's, you know, a feature film to sell it. Like that, they want something that they can sell. Right. So, so where do you think they place that value of, of what, what sort of attracts them to be able to sell that product? What do you think part of the craft? I know you don't want to put them together, but, but just to kind of say in your conversations as you've gotten to where you are. I think it takes craft to be able to put something together that actually hits certain sort of uh, appealing, um, um, I don't know, some, that appeals to the masses, that, that appeals to a market, that appeals to eyes coming out and people spending money to watch it or tune in. I think ultimately that is, you know, I think, I think that's when, because I've seen some amazingly crafted pieces that don't have a certain, um, don't reach a certain sort of box office success or acclaim uh, ratings in television. It's still an amazingly crafted still piece. So then the business folks will say, well, that wasn't a success, you know. I'm not saying that's across the board, but that's common. That's the truth. Um, so I think there is a there is a, a sort of like you know there are different missions in 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 terms of where the business lies and 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 where you're trying to achieve as a craft and a storyteller. You're you may be just trying to really dig into a, a world and a character study or something that is that you feel really. Um, I don't know if that resonates with you, but the, will that resonate with uh, someone else if it's successful and they don't have to like it? So in, the, in the earlier conversations, I guess, um, do they um, kind of guide you? Do they sort of hint at parts of what you're developing to say they value more storytelling, the visual? Is it um, that kind of stuff, would you guys say, in the conversations that you've been having? Or is it just we want to find a success, but we don't know what we want? I think people in the business aspect of film are very, very idealistic, and they don't actually know what they want. Because they always say they want fresh ideas. They always say they want new ideas. But then capitalism comes in. <laughs> and what business capitalism and how that works in business needs is they need um, viability. They need a and proven market. And so that is like the opposite of fresh new ideas. Because if it's already been proven, it's not fresh, it's not new. And so I find that film business people, I'm sure they have like real titles and real names. I'm broadly generalizing right now. They're kind of just pulled like between both of these things constantly. And, and so, they, so that, that's my kind of experience. You know, experience. I, I feel the same. I feel the same way in the sense that like, <clears throat> Like, all of this is, because it, it's a tough question, it's true. Like, when you say, when, when she says they don't know what they want, you're constantly asked or told by people when you're into a level, like you hit a certain level and suddenly you're being interviewed at Universal, you're being interviewed at Paramount, you're being interviewed with lots of producers, and then you're being told, like, 
you have to know what, what everyone wants. And it's kind of like going, well, what everyone wants now is going to be not what they want by the time something else. And then you're going to want me to be yeah. doing it. So it's exactly the same thing. I find that that whole business thing is really interesting because I, I think that, you know, and you know, respect to any of, of the business folk, if any of you say, are in are here there tonight, any business but I, people in I'm here? just going to be flat out. It's a very flaky industry, and the fact that it is about it is about chasing the money, it is about chasing what's hot, it is about chasing what's fashionable, and there are times when, um, you know, tried and, and true things will come out, and they won't realize that that something is important or can be a game changer. And they'll opt on, on the other thing. They'll opt on, on names or they'll opt on proven success that may not necessarily be crafted success either. So, I mean, you take a look at like, it, it's it's how everything all shifts. Like right now, and I'll, I'll say this: like it's it's really interesting right now that many of us are doing really well, really great things and things that we're really proud of, and we're sort of we're now suddenly check boxes for companies. Mm -hmm. Like <laughs> yes. we are absolute check boxes. Like all of a sudden, yeah. but we're at a point now where we're also competing. We're trying. We're being out diversed by non-diverse projects that are that are getting diverse things. Like they're going, okay, we're gonna, you know, there's a bunch of dudes going, okay, we're gonna finance this all women project. Or there's a bunch of people like, oh, okay, we're gonna hire all, all these diverse people. And then our projects are sort of the things that we're building are, are not even getting through. Yeah. We have to still fight to, to get our things through for 200,000 bucks. Yeah. But the things that they want us to be, they're like, we're really great, but we want this story. And you'll read the story and you'll all of a sudden be like, this, you can see that they've actually just changed the characters or something and tried to ch and want you to put your spin on it to make it the, I find that's, um, it's infuriating and frustrating. But I guess, yeah, yo. I'm so happy I asked here, this here. question, but Sharon, yes. Yeah. I think I agree with all the, of this. I think the intersection between craft and business, creativity and money, and that's always the sweet spot that you're trying to hit. You know, even on television, working, you don't want to go overtime because you don't want to spend the producer's money and not get hired back. But you also want to be, you know, the person that they trust to bring that special voice. And that's what they respond to. They want you to sit in front of them and tell them what is right because you're the director and you're the vision and you're the one who, who's supposed to have all the answers. But you're also like trying to figure out if it's actually what they want as well. So there's a lot of back and forth between like guessing if we're on the same page. Although they're always saying like whatever you want because you're the director. Is we we want what you want. And then they're like, well, uh, that's taking a long time to get. So uh, <laughs> so it's 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 always playing that game. And I think that kind of applies to all things like pitching and then telling stories and it's. Like picking your battles is one mm. of the mm. it's a constant thing yeah. that we're doing. I think picking your battles is a great place to kind of open up some questions. Um, and, and if there are none, I will move on to a question about pitching. But I'm going to open it up to questions now. Uh, hi, Marsha Green. Um, and uh, is there are there any questions in the audience? Anyone would like to come up? Mark, yeah, go for it. No, but you got to go over to the you got to go up there. No, no. <laughs> no, you should go up there because it's it's a bit your voice drowns. Yeah. Yeah. Stick to the program. 
I, I learned, yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Mark. Um, cool. I, I'm not intimately familiar with two of your works, but I am with two of you, the gentlemen. Um, you talk about diversity. Diversity has become the new keyword. And you were just speaking about trying to, you know, the people are checking check boxes, Corey, we were talking about. How do you all as creators, uh, particularly in the writing side and then into the directing side, how do you know you're hearing your voice and you're actually telling the story that you want to tell versus starting to now check the boxes to be in, in order to sell, in order to get to those business people? And then when you do choose the story that you want to tell, how do you sit in that and drive through the bullshit that you have to deal with or the, the cocky poop that you have to yeah, deal this with is a family in, show, in, order to, in order to get your, your, your piece to where you want it and it's for us to see it? I think it's a constant, constant, constant rechecking in with yourself and, you know, figuring out, really being clear about why you're doing this. And, you know, that box that it, they're ticking, it's, all, it's also a great opportunity to allow people to, to, you know, to, I don't know, I don't know how to say this. Um, to allow them to follow through, to actually, if they want my story, then then let me tell my story. Not in your way, but in my way, you know? And in the way that I, that you may not think is what I'm gonna do, you know? Um, and then owning up to that and always coming back to that and being like, well, this is my voice, this is my perspective, and that's it. That's good. I, I think it's true. I think you just, whether it's you're being hired as a director for something like a show or, or you know, because there's the jobs we have to do as well, right? Um, or whether you're creating your own work. I, I think it's, for me, it's like, it's like, it's hard. It's, it's been hard to turn down things. But I think it's like, if it makes me feel gross, I'm not going to do it. If there's a choice that, that if my heart tells me that, like, if my heart warns me not to do something, then I won't do it. Whether or not it's a story that I'm going to do, and if, if nobody's going to take it, and it's not, then if, I always think if you need to tell your story or if something means a lot to you and it's, it's the thing you need to say, you'll get it done. And it will be hard, and, and maybe it will come easy. But, uh, you can get it done. But I find there's like, there was a, a film I had, I, I, you know, I had read a film that had come my way and I was really excited about it. And it was like sort of a story that was like, oh my gosh, like I can't believe this hasn't been told yet. And you know, it was about a, might have been a basketball story about a famous basketball team. And um, I was so excited. But then I, I, something was weird about it. And then I, I, I put it through a, a check and saw there was, I think, there was two female characters, and none of the basketball team really spoke. They had a total of 22 speaking lines. The rest of it were, was about the coach. And I realized it was masked as something, and it's going to be a big movie. It's going to do well. But it's like, but it made me feel sick. And it was something that, you know, I, until now I've forgotten about it. And I think that when you move on, you're OK. But so I think it's just you, you stick, you listen to your gut, and sometimes It'll suck because craft dinner will be a staple for a long time through that. But um, yeah, and the, at the end of it, it's—I don't know if that makes any sense. Do, do you guys have other 
Joyce, Charles, you, before we go on another question, or do you have something to add? Yeah, I don't feel like this, this, this resurgence or this, um, the way that we are conversing about diversity and parity and all that stuff, like for some individuals, it, it's not new. <laughs> like yeah. it's, it, it's not like, like I'm writing something now because suddenly there's conversation about it. You know, creators come from, especially in this country that we talk about that is the most multiculturally diverse, well, especially like Toronto, um, we come from a certain place and we write about things and, and describe things and want to share stories that, that we know. I think it's one of the first things you're told like when you're starting to write, write what you know, you know? Um, which is why we see, have seen, a certain kind of work over and over again over the years, um, because those folks are writing what they know. And, and not to blame that, but they're not, you know, again, it's like no one, like there aren't many folks, I mean, now there is, it's like we've got to like, you know, write in a black woman here to, to play one of these, you know, investigators, or we got to like do this sort of thing now, or what to do, it's, but for people who've been in it and working on it, like those sort of things aren't check boxes. It's, it's, it's actually a necessity to tell these stories, you know? And, and again, it's, uh, you can actually choose to, to take on certain projects that you think are gonna move your career or something to a certain place. It takes so much energy and uh, no matter if you're working on a, on a five minute short or a 90 minute feature or an episode of television, it demands a lot. It demands a similar sense of rigor from the, from you. So if you're going to assume or think that this project's going to like, you know, no one's everyone's been ignoring like the stuff that I really want to do, and then I get offered all this other stuff that really is kind of like, ah, mm -mm, where do I fit? But you know, folks are saying, well, that's a good choice for you because it'll move you to this place. Things don't really quite move like that. So you can find yourself in a, in, a, in, a, in a rat trap by thinking that this thing's going to take you somewhere. You've just exhausted three to four years of your life. The film is crap or the thing is crap. And then you're depressed and you're never going to work again. Or you can choose to hold those things that are really, really stick to the walls of your gut and fight for them. I don't think we, I don't, I think from a place where I had something to really lose <laughs> mm. in trying to uh, get something off the ground? Yeah, like, right? And so then, and in these sort of places that we finally managed to f find ourselves in, you know, working in television or something, like the scripts that I just received two scripts from and a show I'm about to do, and I'm like, you know, my sensibility is like the first thing I'm looking for is like, okay, where's the culture in this damn thing? You know, so I'm looking at them, I'm reading like, the, these are the characters that they've written, okay, all right. Am I going to start suggesting that we change some of the characters? Are we going to suggest, like, you know, where they come from? Are we, am, am I going to, tr am I thinking about who I can possibly cast that I know from the diaspora of cultural amazing talent that we have in this country that are not, you know, so there's a way to inject kind of, you know, your sensibility, your missions in a certain way, but then definitely, yeah, folks want you to be amazing and deliver the best thing ever, but they want you to do it within their, their framework that they set. So you right? do have to find the way, the places, as you guys have said, pick your battles, mm. and you are, there's, it's, it's, it sounds to me also that it's really about accountability, being accountable to yourself, knowing what you compromise, 
and what are the places in which you, you really want to decide, you know what, I'm going to make my stand here and I'm going to pick these things, and, and also about choosing what you want to do, because it's true. I mean, it takes so long to get something off the ground. So we're going to move to one, another question. I know we had one there. Go ahead. Yes, just before the question, I'm going to ask you, if you have a question, please use the microphone, because we are recording this on a podcast. It picks it up through the microphone, which is connected to the soundboard. It doesn't pick it up if you're shouting yeah. out here. So please come to the center, use the microphone. Thank you. Thank you. Andy Marshall, the Industry Series Coordinator. <laughs> Hi, my name is Lara. I was wondering if you could share some victory stories of diversity or for uh, maybe a project that you pushed forward and the skills that you used to get that victory of getting to the next, maybe the next step that you needed for in any situation. That's a great question. Did you guys all hear that? Uh, can you Okay, so um, I was wondering if you could share a victory story of something that got you to the next level of whatever it may be, whatever that may be, and the skills that you use to get that victory, whether it's for diversity or for your own kind of project. Yeah. Yeah, go, not me. They're not, she's not asking me. <laughs> black cop, black cop, black cop. Black cop would be great. Black yeah, because yeah. that's a diverse story that you pushed. But yeah. this will be a weird question because I always hit Charles with this, or a weird answer. A personal victory for me was when I saw something and said, I think I can do this. I think I want to do this. I see that it could be done a certain way, and it completely moved me. And it was actually when I, and I wrote him a letter. It was actually when I saw Nurse Fighter Boy. And I just done it. I just finished a short film. We were playing the same festival. And I saw that movie, and I, it was like nothing I'd ever seen out of Canada since, like, Rude. And I was like, fuck yeah. Oh. <laughs> We're going to have to believe you guys. Sorry, no. I'm sorry. Guys, I'm sorry. But no, Canadian. but that, that to me was a victory because that was, that was a boost that came from, you know, there was things happening in my community and we were doing well. But I saw that and I was like, wow, I, I knew it was done on a small budget. I, there was terrific acting and it was terrific writing. It was something special and different. And I was like, I was like, I was like yeah, man, I saw that and it, it, it inspired me to be better and to say, uh, to, to really go, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm going after that. So that to me is, was a, you know, and I feel that a, a victory is knowing, like to me that's a victory, is, is that knowing that one thing, there's that one thing that can really, it was someone that what I saw as a success because it really, it boosted me. So I, that was, for me, that was big. And then you know, I wouldn't have made any of my stuff had I not, like, you know, I wanted to direct for sure, and there were things that I was moving into, but I, I wouldn't, I don't think I would have, I would have moved forward if I hadn't have. Are you saying you wouldn't have told certain stories if you hadn't seen that and were inspired by it? Because I think what she was yeah, trying to so get at is, yeah. is what are those skills, like what did it take or what did you lean on or, or to, in order to push some of those stories? I know you're going to have an answer for Nurse Fighter for sure. It was drive. It was drive. Yeah. Okay. Like it was actual drive and it was actually going, it was seeing something that, that I said, okay, I can do this too. And, I, and you need that. I think you need right. that. You need confidence and you need belief. And you need to go, okay, well, I can write a story as well and do this. Sharon, do you, yeah. you look like so you want to jump think in? That's yeah. huge. I think actually it might sound cheesy, but honestly, the biggest thing, you have to believe in yourself and you have to trust that people want to hear your voice and that your voice is unique and and that you are, that you deserve to be out there making movies and telling stories and that 
you just have to believe that. And, and you know, going to film festivals, having community, that's the thing that helps the most, is having other filmmakers inspire you, believe in you, surrounding yourself with people that really, you know, build you up. That's really important. Don't hang out with people that take you down and don't believe in you. Go ahead, Joyce. Yeah, also really believing in the story. Um, the, the thing I really like about the atmosphere of this panel is we all talk about the story as something we're servicing, something we're supporting, because that's, that's the point of filmmaking, right? It's not an exercise in ego. It's not like, I need, I need to hear my own voice like by myself in, in my room, right? Like, you Joyce, that's too intimate. <laughs> um, it's, it's about believing in this story that, that does kind of come from you, but you feel like needs to get out there, that needs to be heard, that you feel like other people that will be able to connect to it, right? And so I feel like, for me, I kind of rest on that, like saying that I, I started um, out bringing the story into the world. It's my responsibility, and I have to do it right and get it done, you know? So, so it's, almost like a, it's almost like a personal responsibility the way I kind of approach it. Approach it, yeah. Charles, tell us when uh, you're going to talk a little bit about Nurse Fighter, or you no, want to talk about? No, no, no. You want to no. go back there? Uh, what I was going to say is, just, I want to just echo a couple of things. Yeah. Uh, is that I feel like it's a victory that we're up here. Ah, uh, yeah. I feel like it's a victory that there are actually individuals. I love their work. And, and again, like, you know, through this journey, you know, when it, you need things to keep you going and to know that you are actually seeing individuals and creators who deserve the space, owning their space, it like gives you fuel to continue to, to forge forward. So I think that's, the ma that's a massive victory. Um, but in terms of like, uh, um, you know, like the kind of the, the stories, that, the things that we're choosing to, to make is uh, we're serv we are servicing them, and but there is a also uh, I think we all probably you know we personally challenge ourselves, and and I think we can be extremely hard on ourselves, extremely hard on ourselves, and beat ourselves up unnecessarily. You know, I've, I used to get, when I was at the film center, I mean, and years after, every time I'd shoot something, I, I had to like, it took me three weeks or a month, like, to just come out of a depression. And it was something that I loved to do. But then you go through this process of, of, of giving something and, and trying, and then you, you watch your rough cut. You're like, whoa, and what the hell did I do? And then you, 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 know, you get ahead, of, and then you over experience, you learn, a, okay, that's just a stage, and you gotta, the work isn't done yet. And so the victory also in, in the craft is actually like not getting depressed and hard on yourself when it's when you don't need to that's interesting <laughs> like it's when you can actually see yeah. stuff and believe that okay you went through this process and you're fighting through there is there's something that you spent years or so much time writing and thinking about and 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 trying to move and then you go into this it's amazing how self-doubt sinks in at the most worst moments like and then it could really steer you off 
everything that you, every word that you actually thought about, and then suddenly you're doubting it all. You know, um, so to be able to hold on to that sort of thing of what your your intentions are is is a victory. <laughs> is there another question? Yeah. Oh wow, there's a couple. So we have time for. You guys are gonna have to keep your answers a little bit brief for now if we're trying to get to all these questions. Because I want to. So you got parameters, man. Listen, we all gotta get. Wow, there's like three people. Okay, so we're gonna go there first, then there, and there, and there. Or shorter questions that don't require as much intelligent thinking. <laughs> That's what was recommended to me. Can you believe these guys? Seriously. I was just Charles. Next level, my. Hi, my name's Eris. Um, I don't know if you all started making short films or not, but um, I guess if you could give us a brief piece of advice about practical steps to go from short filmmaking into either feature films or TV, depending on which like, path you went on. And I'll just say quickly, because I've heard like you kind of just do things and get good at your craft until somebody sort of plucks you out, but I wonder if there's actual active steps that you can take, mentorship programs or anything. Yeah, go ahead. Thank you. I think you have to keep making things. You have to stay relevant, like as an artist, as a filmmaker. If you made a short and you're like, I've made five shorts, I'm ready for my feature, I'm ready to do TV. Well, if it's been two years and no one's hired you to do those things, then make another short. You know, you gotta keep making stuff. And stay, stay, you know, stay in your craft. And then people will know you're serious and you're never gonna stop and you'll get there. Anybody else want to the next question? Everyone agrees? All right, next. <laughs> Go for it. I like this system now. This is rapid fire. Go. Okay, so my question was kind of similar to that. Um, oh, better so be different. Since we have, um, like we talked about making it to a next level, and I'm sure there are a lot of people that are still in that first level that want to go to the next level, including myself. And um, also um, diversity, like all of our experiences diverse enough uh, being in this industry in art in general um, you know some of us have have degrees and mentors or whatnot some of us just you know start making stuff right from their room and uh, very self-made so since all of us are different I'm sure that all of us are gonna have a different experience getting to that next level uh, it's not probably just <clears throat> the same structure for everyone to get right. us there um, so I wanted to ask a question, actually five of you, all of you. Um, if you were to go back, there's years ago, right? And you were able to start again and do differently. What do you think will be the best for us to make that shortcut, you know, avoid those mistakes or stupid things that we really, oh, you know what, let me do this. You know, just so what do we want to focus on? What I'm hearing, not to cut you off, but we are limited in time. So um, your question basically is if we went back in time, what would we do to avoid the mistakes that we think we made to tell you? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, but okay. coming from a diverse point, because we're kind of like we're different, right? So we all have different right. experiences. So what kind of advice would you give us? knowing that we all have different experiences. Okay, so I'm gonna reorient your question. Okay, thank you. Um, I'm gonna reorient your question 
to get the best out of that, if you don't mind. Okay. Sorry, everyone. So what I'm going to say is if you went back and you had to do it again, given that, yes, we all come from different places, so we're not going to address the diversity part because I think that's inherent, period. Let's just leave that aside. Okay. Just answer because it's going to come from you as a diverse person that if you had to go back and you made some mistakes or things you thought were mistakes, what would you do differently? One thing, quickly, go. I know, but just uh, do it. I'll say this. It sounds like a cop-out, but no. I'm really thankful for all my mistakes because my mistakes are m my learning process, whether it's how I learned what I learned to you know, like those those things that I I learn not to do or or take everything in when I'm feeling my experience as an actor on set or whatever. But I, I feel like um, those like I feel like those steps for me were important to get to where I was now. And I I if I had have taken a shortcut in any way. I don't think I would, I mean, maybe I would be happy. Maybe I'd have a boatload of cash. I don't know. Um, but I, I'm... You're I happy think, with where you are. It yeah, like. I think that's okay. really important. Mistakes are important. I, I go back and say, in fact, if I could do at the time, accept them and embrace them. Because at times, I, when I first started, I didn't embrace my mistakes. And I didn't accept them. I was mad at myself for it. And I don't think, unless you're hurting someone, embrace it, accept it, and say, okay, how can I learn from this? And it's a good learning experience, yeah. Great. Joyce, go. I don't think there's like just this correct path or the most efficient path, um, that, that kind of linear way of doing this. Um, you just kind of keep on making mistakes, actually, in circles until something connects. So I actually appreciate just having the space to make mistakes and um, I, I think if I had to go back, I would actually take more time and make more mistakes before, you know. Very interesting. You're you're somewhere where there's a bit more stakes. Yeah. And I think not, really quickly, yeah. I don't I, I don't think there there are shortcuts for people like us. There just uh, aren't. I think you got to go. You got to be in it for the for the. For, I think there are things that might align that that may appear that way or so higher or something like that. But but you 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 don't know what you know. You only know what you know. And yeah. and this is the whole thing. It's if you're not going to embrace the journey of it, then then and you're looking for a shortcut, then I don't know. Go do like you know I don't know some reality TV shit like or something or banking Again, or something moving. like seriously if you want to learn how to tell stories it takes time it's remember it's like to become a carpenter or to become a great electrician or whatever you you don't or a doctor you, there's not a f I mean you could do a fast track of being a doctor but don't cut me off um, and 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 uh, see, I just lost friends. my train of thought. Well, it's not take my more fault. Time Listen, I, you said for please. me to like say something very important. We're here. lucky we're best friends. You're very lucky. Um, but yeah, like, you know what? You, you, it's like you, you just got to get on the horse. And your journey, like you said, everyone's so different. We cover different. Your journey is going to be different. And you, and you, and you, you just got to like, yeah, stay with it. Lucky, I had, I had the, I had the music coming in. On I, I know. See what I'm saying with the music and Oscar? Come on, Sharon. You want to add or you're good? I agree. Great. Thank you, Sharon. <laughs> See that? Conciliatory. Appreciate it. Go for it. Do you want to go up there? Sir? Just stand behind just to make sure we're ready for time. <laughs> Please be brief. 
Go for it. Thank Hi, you for uh, waiting. My name is Sally Jane. I'm a uh, coming from a production stills photographer point of view, and I just want to say with regards to um, Charles and your um, when you talk about the business and the craft, uh, I always say that um, a good photograph. Um, can be done um, technically correct, but a great photograph will make you feel something. And it'll make you feel something long after um, you view it. And I think the same can be done for um, film. My question is, I'm now embarking going from a bigger leap at, from a stills photographer to a feature. And I'm also doing it in the UK. Um, my question is, at what point, you always only get one chance to be, make a first impression. And at what point do you go from networking, corresponding, knocking on the door, um, and trying to get yourself known from the first time you do something to the tenth time you do something to having um, somebody um, like a mentor or somebody else on your creative team do that and how do you get the creative team? Right now I'm everything in one. Go. Community? Are you talking about trying to build a community of people to work with? or Yeah, but also even, for, for example, um, if, if you want to get music, so you want to get a song. Um, I know that I've written the artist. I was told oh, by somebody you're big, talking big about in the muted resources. music, big in the music industry, said um, get a lawyer, which I did. That did nothing. So when I'm in the lineup for TIFF, somebody said, "Well, you need to get a music supervisor." So at what point do you do something yourself, or do you get? How do you know what when you to, need help? Yeah. yeah. When you need help, like when you're hitting, if you've exhausted your own resources to try to make something happen, you got to switch your thought and think about who can actually help you to achieve that thing. I think like we all need help to do this stuff. We don't, no one does it. I mean, when you start, that's a terrifying thing is that you're doing everything on your own. But if, if you have and a proposal and you have, say, like a kit together, but to actually you, get it in you, front of somebody and in front yeah. of their door if they don't know you from that standpoint. You just have to continue to, to sorry, I'm not jumping, but I think you have to sort of um, broaden a network and be persistent. I think persistence is one thing we didn't actually didn't talk about, but being persistent is critical. Dogged determination is critical. That's why when we talk about picking something that you love that you have to hold on to because it takes so long. So I know you might hear that and go, yeah, I know, but, but, but really, how you get it in front of someone who doesn't know you, how do you get into that door? You really have to do so by either, if it's a referral, find somebody, but just continue to be persistent, create a relationship, even if it's with the, the receptionist or the administrator, whoever it is that's within that company, create a relationship to get you in the door. It's better with that person, the company, whoever they're, that you're trying to get to, if you can create a relationship with someone that knows them, that will be your end. So that's what I would say is, and if that's not, and if it's not working for you, move on to the next one. I, just move on, you know, that's what I, I would say. say. Yeah, go for it. This question makes me nervous because I think it's really important for directors to remember that what your job is. Like, you have to focus on what falls under the umbrella of what a director does and the creativity, the story, like your shot list. I, I, it always scares me when directors say like, oh my God, prep is so busy. I'm in meetings and meetings and meetings. I haven't done my shot list and I'm shooting tomorrow. It's like, no, your shot list is your priority. Like you gotta focus on what your job is first and then you can answer to everyone else. So we have time Find for a producer. one last I, question. I'm sorry, one last thing. I, I, the question you're asking is really broad in a sense that you're, like, you're, 
depending on your scale and the scope of the project and who you're actually putting it to. And in some cases, it's like, well, someone will say, well, you have to have a music th supervisor. You have to have a lawyer. I mean, if you're getting a Justin Timberlake song, get a lawyer. If you're getting an independent song or can something match, can you live without that song? Like, you have to adapt as well. So you have to put together something that you can actually do. And in fact, you, I think one of the best things that we can all remember as artists making projects is how could we do this if we didn't have any of those resources that people are telling us what to do? Mm. And it's about finding the ways that we can get that done on your own. Because this is a, pardon me, it's a lonely effing business, man. And it's like the, all those things that people say you need, we don't get. And a lot of times we don't get because we don't have the money and we're sitting in a queue because we have to get 1.5 million. Suddenly 500 becomes... The, so sometimes it's like, yeah, it's having relationships, like she said, with the artist or saying... What, what else, like go back to your picture. This song might mean a lot, but is there another piece of music that may make you feel that way? And is it local? Is there someone you know that can make music? Is there like, put in like Charleston, putting a team around you? And is, I, I think it's a lot of that stuff too, is just being like, making sure that you can, like being, being self-sufficient and being able to adapt and going in with a lot of your own answers as well. Does that make sense? So we just blew our time budget. Oh no. I'm sorry. Because there's another panel after us. Um, and I know, sir, you have a question. Is it, will you guys, would you mind waiting for a minute? <laughs> so if you, well, it's not, yeah. So if we can, well, if you can ask your question kind of offline, if that's okay. I have to wrap it up. I'd like to thank the four panelists who have been amazing. Um, I'd also like to thank DGC. Oh, no, because we have, unfortunately, because there's another thing. We, yeah. So that's what I said. We had to be brief. That's fine. Past time. So what I'd like to say, thank also DGC as well for sponsoring this panel. And just to say that you guys were chosen specifically for sure because you're aligned in certain ways. And that's why I'm really happy to have you up here. And so thank you again so much. And thank you very much for being here.